Hello and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast by Providence Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Today, Andrew and I are joined by a friend of ours named Craig Walter from Christ Community. Can you say hi, Craig? Yeah, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, Craig is uh, the Director of Missions at CCC, which sounds like a special ops title. But, um, Craig, can you tell us just a little bit about like what you do at Christ Community? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I call myself the Mission Pastor. Um, <laughs> And, and a lot of churches' missions is just something we think about around the world, somewhere far away. But uh, the way we view it, it's really, whether it's here in our city or it's around the world somewhere, um, trying to mobilize people that are sitting in our seats to get outside the four walls and, and do ministry in a variety of different ways. And hmm. so that falls under my, my umbrella, I guess. Perfect. Yeah. And if you haven't figured it out already, today we're looking at the core value of mission. And so far, we've been walking through the other three core values of gospel, worship, and community. And today, we're looking at the final and fourth value, which is that of mission. And so, uh, to get this started, I know what comes to mind for me when I think about missions is Tom Cruise floating down from the ceiling uh, amidst deadly lasers. Um, But Andrew, what you communicated in your article is a little bit more commonplace. The concept of mission is a little bit more commonplace. What did you mean by that? Yeah, so, you know, when I think of, or as I was sitting down to write this, as we were talking about the core value of mission, it, it, it was easy for me to think about, like, you know, businesses or churches, we have mission statements, right? It's the thing that kind of drives us. It's what helps us make decisions, what to say yes to, no to, what we're trying to do. Um, But then I started thinking more about it, and I really do think that all people are kind of driven by some sort of mission. And so in the article, you know, I I mentioned how if you watch uh, some sort of sporting event, you often hear, you know, athletes talk about how they were just, they were born to do that. They were born to play this game. Or um, you think about Steve Jobs, who you can just, you look at, and he just had a clear vision and mission for what was driving him and what he was doing. And um, and I don't think those are kind of outlandish. I think that we all have that to some extent. It's why we go to school. It's why, you know, it's what um, drives some of us in our careers. It's what, um, you know, just what we do is always moving us forward in, in what we um, have as, as a mission for us. And so I think that, um, yeah, I, I think that the idea of mission in the Christian world, we talk about, you know, uh, Craig, you kind of said that we often think about missions, like global missions and, and overseas, but I think that God has a more like, we all have a, a mission that's driving us. And I think God has given us this, this mission inside all of us. Hmm. Yeah. Craig, is there anything you wanted to add to that as far as... Yeah, I mean, I love that you have mission as one of your core values. Uh, it's uh, Over the years, one of the things I've realized, I think a lot of Christ followers are confused about their mission. Um, they're really not sure. And, and right now at Christ Community, in fact, we're doing a series on what it looks like to be a disciple mm-hmm. of Christ. You know, there's somebody that's following Christ, I'm, I'm saved, but what does it look to really be a passionate disciple? And a key piece of that, I think, is understanding your mission. And having clarity about what is it that God has for me. And uh, oftentimes, like I said, I think people are confused about that. And they think it's sort of inside the four walls. It's come on Sunday morning and listen to read my Bible. And those are all necessary parts of the faith. But they're not your mission. Your mission mm-hmm. is towards other people in your community and in the, in the world. So I love that. That's that you great. guys have that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in the article, Andrew, you talk about sort of the source of this mission identity um, being God himself and his mission. And 
it's a bit strange. So you talk about God and his mission to fill the earth with his glory, but you reference this, uh, this verse in Genesis 128, which I, um, let me just read real quick. It says, and God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And so you quote that verse, which I've often assumed to just be a verse about, uh, I guess, baby making or something <laughs> like that you know like so how did you get from there to sort of like seeing like the mission of god in that yeah first well i think there's kind of two things the first one is that command continues to come up especially throughout the old testament in um that idea of being fruitful and multiplying filling the earth we see that after uh the flood uh genesis eight or nine that would be uh after the flood he says that he's gonna he makes this covenant with noah and he gives that command again now be fruitful multiply and fill the earth we see the same idea with uh abraham when he makes the covenant with him that um his descendants and his people are going to fill the earth and there's going to be numerous and numerous and numerous um descendants and so we see this theme and you can trace it out at the end of Genesis, again, I think it's 48, he talks about how his people are going to be fruitful and multiply. In Exodus 1, we see that he says, my people have been fruitful and they've multiplied. And you see this theme that is kind of carried out. And in a lot of the kind of covenant renewal throughout the Old Testament, there's some sort of sense of either being fruitful and multiply or that his people will fill the earth. And so the first thing is, I think that the the command, the initial one comes in Genesis 1, but we see that being played out throughout. And I would say it goes all the way into where Jesus gives the great commission and says I want you to make disciples of all the nations He's saying I want you to make disciples of the whole world I want my people to fill the earth and so um, until you obviously get to revelation and when God's glory actually does fill the earth and and all the new heavens and new earth is filled with the glory of God Hmm. Um, so I think that's one is that I think it starts in Genesis 1 but I would say it's a theme that carries throughout the whole Bible the other one is I think understanding a little bit more of the the cultural idea of being an image bearer. Um, And so uh, I've read quite a bit on a lot of people would say that this idea of being an image bearer was uh, fairly common in the ancient Near East. And uh, it was kind of an image that uh, or a picture that Moses was using when he was writing this and saying that kings in the ancient Near East, oftentimes what they would do is when they would conquer uh, new land, they would kind of set up these statues or images of themselves, because if you had a king that was conquering various lands and their empire was kind of growing, that king couldn't actually live in all those areas, so he would set up this image, and that would show all the people around the area that he is king, that he's ruler, that he is now their king. And so it's this idea of like this image bearer. And what it's meant to do is show all the people around that that king is their king. And so it's a similar idea when, we, when we're image bearers. It's this idea of we reflect God's likeness and his image. And I think the purpose of that is to fill the earth with his glory so that as we kind of co-rule with him, as the verse goes on to say, um, that our purpose is to reflect his glory to the whole earth. And as we were meant to, you know, rule and have dominion in a very God-honoring way, in a very, like, prosperous way for the world, uh, the whole earth would know that God is king and Lord and creator. And obviously, we know that that didn't work out. And, you know, we have the fall. And so uh, we now desire glory instead of wanting to give glory to God naturally. And so um, that's the the problem that we get to. But but because of that, I would say that that was kind of our intended purpose. One of our designs was to just reflect glory back to God uh, and fill the earth with his glory. Hmm.
Yeah. Um, so Craig, you work in like missions. How, I guess, um, does that like relate to anything as far as your work, like the image bearing part of like, or how do you see that played out in like being the director of missions? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it plays out a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was pondering as you were talking there, I'm reading a book right now by Philip Yancey on prayer. And one of the things he talks about in there is that we'll often come and we'll pray that, Hey God, would you do this? Like, and you would, would Mm -hmm. you, you know, interject in someone's life or, you know, feed people that are hungry or whatever that might be. And how, because this very thing, because we're image bearers, the way he designed it is for us to be part mm-hmm. of the answer to that prayer. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's not a God, would you do all this? God's organized the world where most of the time it's, it's you and I as people that reflect Christ to the world mm. that are now the ones going and bringing Jesus right. and, and, and helping answer those prayers. Yeah. That kind of fits, I think, with what you were talking there. Yeah. And I mean, in my job, that's, I always tell people, my job really is about getting people out of the seats and into the streets at Christ Community mm-hmm. Church. It's, it's to mobilize yeah. them. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do yeah. is mobilize them to be the image bearer that they were, they yeah. were meant to be when they were, you know, when they For placed sure. their faith in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, just briefly, not to assume, you know, uh, so obviously the problem is like sin entered the world and, you know, broke our relationship with God, but Jesus has come to like, fix that image so we can actually like bear the image of god once more like through christ you know and just like briefly andrew could you like how does jesus fix our image bearing yeah so i mean so what we see in genesis 3 is that you know eve was tempted um by this fruit to basically distrust god and trust either herself or to want to be like god to be wise like god um and she essentially chose herself over God. And what's interesting is that while the image is fractured, um, we are still all image bearers. That continues on. Um, But what's great is in the New Testament, you get passages like in Colossians 1, um, where Paul says that Jesus came as the image of God, like the fullness of deity was in Jesus. He was the image bearer that was even greater than who we once were. He was the actual image of God. If we want to know who or what the Father's like, we look to Jesus as he was the image of God. Um, and then he basically walked through full obedience to the Father, um, yet died so that he would bring us back and kind of renew us as image bearers. And so when I look at, you know, we, we look at the Great Commission about um, making disciples and being followers of Jesus. Um, that really is, if you look at the idea of just being a disciple as someone who's learning from somebody who's following their teachings, who's growing kind of in their likeness. Mm. And that's essentially what we're trying to do um, with Jesus, is that to be a disciple of Jesus is to follow him, to do what he says, to know him more, to become like him. Um, and in essence, what we're doing then is we are kind of regaining that idea of being an image bearer. We are now growing back into the likeness um, mm. of Christ, which is the full image of God. And so... Um, so yeah, so what Jesus does, you know, in his life, death, and resurrection is he pays the penalty for us not being, you know, obedient image bearers, giving glory to God. He redeems us and he brings us back. And now we get to follow him and we get to actually change once again into his likeness. Mm, That's good. That's really good. That's good news that we get to bear the image of God once more. Um, I was just thinking about this while you were talking to Andrew, I was kind of spacing out. No, <laughs> but go to back to Craig's point. Um, it was either Luther or Calvin who wrote about the masks of God in the world. 
and essentially what he meant was that um in any vocation that we have we um so let's take like the guy who works at robert's milk that's like a mask of god in the way that he provides like milk for like the people to like drink and so that in a sense is like god's like provision to the world um so craig maybe you can shed some light on this how um how can we view like our careers or i guess how do we get out of the seats and into the streets and like what does that mean on like a local scale for us um to view like our whole lives as like the mission of god yeah yeah it's a good question you know, uh, there's a couple different terms that are often thrown around in my world, which is either your missions or your outreach. Mm-hmm. And some years ago, we made the decision at Christ Community to go away from the term outreach for a couple of reasons. One is people didn't really understand what it meant. But the other was because <laughs> I love the term missions or mission because it, it implies so much more than just, you know, a ministry of the church. It, it helps people recognize, okay, there's a mission that I am supposed to be about and that's why I say it's not about overseas. It's missions or being on mission is all everywhere I am, right? It's wherever I live, work, and play. Hmm. Um, and that's not, of course, like a Christ community that's not all under my umbrella uh, to, to win people's hearts towards that <laughs> idea. But it's a piece of it. Yeah, sure. um, and I think all of us as churches, as, as you know, pastor of a new church in Providence, and that's part of what we're trying to do right. is help our people be on mission uh, 24-7. You know, that's, that's difficult to do, but yeah. one by one, you get people to realize, oh, I work at the milk place and I, yeah, I'm rubbing shoulders with people and I have a role here in people's lives. I can be on mission no matter what my job is. Yeah, that's good. Mm, that's really good. Um, <clears throat> yesterday, uh, a staff meeting, Andrew kind of walked us through uh, these two sort of like, there's like local and then like global missions. And so I guess, Andrew, uh, just to hear it from from you like what is sort of your dream for us within like global missions like if you were to talk to the people of providence and give them a reason why we're involved with like global missions and not just like local missions yeah so i think there's obviously we've talked about this before that the idea of living on mission where you're at whether that's in your workplace neighborhoods um family friend groups whatever um but there still is this call to make disciples of all the nations and to go to the ends of the earth um, and so one of the things that uh, at, here at Providence, our heart is that we would be a church that helps the gospel go to the places that it's not and, and try and um, figure out ways and send missionaries and help plant churches um, in some unreached areas, some places where, you know, if nobody goes, the gospel isn't being told, you know. And so um, for us, one of the things that is kind of an interesting idea is that for all of us here in America, we are benefactors of people actually taking that global call, right? We're not Mm. the Jewish people. We're the Gentiles. We're the nations that, you know, some missionaries had to go and they had to go to places where the gospel wasn't, preach the gospel, plant churches so that people can be saved. And so um, we're benefactors of, you know, people for hundreds or thousands of years seeing this call to go to the ends of the earth. And, um, you know, we just kind of view it as we're the next link in the chain that we want to go and we want to figure out um, you know, where God would call us to help plant churches in places that um, are unreached. And so, uh, we, you know, we're doing some things, like we're, we're taking a group of college students to, to Mexico City, and we're doing some other things. So we're not saying that, you know, if you're not going to an unreached place, you're not, you know, really doing global missions well. But we do want to prioritize that, um, that if, you know, if no one goes to some of these places, they don't hear about the gospel. And the idea that people 
you know, are born and they live and they die and never hear the gospel and never hear that God loves them, that Jesus, you know, could save their souls is, um, is not okay with us. And so we really want to prioritize and, and go um, to some of those places. Yeah, you know, I love that, Andrew, because, uh, you know, maybe a lot of people in your church and certainly in our church don't know much of the DNA or the history of the Christian Missionary Alliance. And that's very much the right. Alliance mm. DNA. And to, to yeah. this very day, that is, I mean, you listen to the Alliance leaders and talking about where we're doing missions and their focus is on places where there are the least and unreached people. Yeah. Um, there's lots of mission agencies doing great things all around the world where the people are, have a pretty good chance of running into the gospel right. somewhere. Yeah. Um, but there's lots of places where there's not. And that's part of our DNA. I love to hear yeah. that you guys yeah. have that same <laughs> DNA. That excites me. Yeah. It's one of the things we're proud of to be part of the, you know, this denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, is because of that, that we are, we're not, you know, inventing any of this stuff. We're just falling in line with what, you know, people in our denomination have been doing for a long time. And so, um, Craig, it, w- it would be helpful to hear, we talked about this a little bit, um, before, but what, maybe what would some advice be for a young church plant? You know, we are, we're just starting to kind of pray, think, and, and look into different options about how do we do mission, whether that be locally or globally. Um, maybe give us some advice on, you've been in it for a while now, what, what would you advise a young church plant or the listeners to this who are kind of feeling like, man, yeah, I, I want to do something. How, how do we kind of get started in some of this? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that a mistake that a lot of churches make, big, young, or big and small, young and old, is missions is so big. There's just so many places you can plug in, and probably even in your congregation, you've got 30 different right. people that would love to plug in at 30 different places. And I always try and drive people towards, what can I break people's hearts towards? Mm. And you can, only, you, you can only wrap people's hearts around so many things as a church leader. And mm. so I always try and advise churches to move away to some extent from the sort of swoop in and swoop out model of missions where, hey, we're going to do a trip here or we're going to do give a little money over here because we're excited about this, but it's only this year and next year we're doing something different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of that's always appropriate. It's not that you can't, you know, kind of swoop in and do things around the world. But I really would advise to try and find uh, either a missionary to wrap your your church around or a lo- maybe a country, you know, a field and say, this is where we're going to pour ourselves into. Mm-hmm. And this isn't for like a year or two. We're thinking 20, 30 years. Yeah. Cause good. it's it, to begin with, it changes the mindset of your people when they're thinking, okay, we're going to be doing, you know, this country for the next 20 years. Um, what does that look like? And then you start to get deeper in relationship with the, you know, the, the missionaries and the workers on the field. You start to get to know them in a personal way and eventually your people will start to wrap their hearts around the ministry that's happening there. Hmm. Um, so wherever that might be right. for you guys, I don't, I don't even know what you've been involved yeah, right. in so far, uh, if anything. But, um, yeah, I think trying to, trying to hone yourself in on one or two really key areas is, is a foundational piece of missions advice I have. Yeah. That's really good. I, I wonder, too, in your experience, if there's you know somebody listening who— maybe either didn't grow up in the church or not in a church that focused on, on mission or global missions a lot. What have you seen? I mean, apart from maybe it's just the spirit of God, but what have you seen that's really drawn people to this? If we have a listener who's like, okay, I, I get that. My heart isn't there. How do we help our whole church kind of buy into this idea of being on mission here and caring about global missions as well? Yeah. I, I have found that people care. 
I, I really, I don't care if it's somebody that's maybe they're even exploring Christ or somebody that's new to Christ uh, or a longtime Christ follower. They care about people. Mm-hmm. I think that's just wired in most of us. And so if we can do something, maybe it's around the world or maybe it's right here in the city of Omaha where I get to start to see that, hey, the things I'm doing are affecting the lives of other people. So that makes, we have to be great storytellers in church. We can't just inform people about what's going on. We have to say, hey, when you do this, this is the person or these are the people that their lives are being changed by your visit or by your giving Mm -hmm. or whatever that might be. Um, And so I think that's key. When people start to see, wow, what I'm doing actually is impacting somebody's life. It doesn't matter to me that it's in Africa or it's in Asia or wherever it is. I'm excited to be a part of that. Yeah, Hmm. that's good. So I feel like there's a, a bit of our mission statement that is almost just like a direct ripoff from Christ Communities, which is um, to make and send disciples of Jesus Christ. And then Christ Community has for kingdom impact, right? Is that right. still part of Making disciples of Jesus for kingdom yeah. impact. Making disciples of Jesus for kingdom impact. So um, how do we do that? Like what, what does it mean to be a disciple first and foremost? And what does it mean to, I guess, make disciples, you know? Is it like when we think about missions, is it primarily um, just like the good things that we do in other countries or um, is it primarily just like truth or those hand in hand things that like, you know, go together? You're looking at me or you're looking at Andrew? Yeah. I'm, looking at, I'd love to hear I'm looking at you both of you guys. That's a big, that's a big I question. That I know <laughs> it is a massive question, but it, I mean, this is where things get fuzzy for most like visions, right? Is this sort of last component of like mission like oh worshiping god got that community check but like mission is you know it's it's sort of like a big hairy elephant that sometimes we just don't know how to talk about um yeah i i mean that that is a big question like i said we're doing a series right now on what does it look like to be a disciple um and, and i think people are even that that term is a confusing term for right. people how do i know if i'm a disciple and yeah. what does it even mean or can i not do these things over here if i'm not a disciple Uh, And I think missions is a great platform to plug people into the idea of growing towards being all in, which is what I think a disciple is, is somebody who's all in. It's not somebody who's perfect, right? Not somebody who doesn't get distracted by the world, but somebody who really is all in for Jesus. Um, And missions is a great place to do that because as they start to serve and they start to give and they start to say, okay, I can I could pray for this missionary that I met that, that came home. Um, I start to realize that this is part of what it looks like to be a disciple. Yeah. That being involved, and, and I kind of said it earlier, I grew up in a church where it was being a disciple primarily meant that I come to church and I read my Bible and I pray. And like, yeah. if you're doing those things, and, I, and I'd be a good person. And there wasn't a lot of, there really was almost no emphasis on the idea of going outside the four walls and impacting my community, impacting mm-hmm. my world. And I think that was a really, really huge missing piece of what it looks like to be a, a disciple. Hmm. Um, so missions is, like I said before, it's a great on-ramp for people to even understand how I personally become a disciple. Yeah, that's good. Craig, what do you think is like, so you're talking about um, going outside of the four walls. So what do we miss if we don't like go outside the four walls? Like what's like that stake? Yeah, I mean, there's been some really good studies done um, uh What's the big church in Chicago? I'm drawing a blank. Bill Hybels Church. Willow Willow Creek. Creek. I mean, they did a big thing a number of years ago to try and look at their own congregation and and say, you know, how why are some people really mature and some people aren't very mature? 
And not to go into all this huge study they did on the results over thousands of churches, what they learned was that people that are primarily focused on inside the four walls ministry tend to plateau and they don't become really mature believers of Jesus. It's the people that serve outside the four walls. It's the people that are involved in mentoring other people that are sharing Christ. I mean, evangelizing the lost. Those kinds of activities are actually the things that are a catalyst to becoming hmm. really mature Christ followers. And oftentimes we think I can't yeah. do those things until I'm a mature Christ follower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like that's why I said, yeah. like, like just just having people here in our church serve in the city uh, every year has been so amazing in so many people's lives that hey, I can go in North Omaha and I can serve people and I can do this and God can use me. And that actually is self-fulfilling then because I realize that, okay, I can be, I can actually be a useful disciple of, of Christ. Yeah, that's good. And I think that, I mean, as you read through the, the gospels too, I mean, so you think about being a disciple is kind of following Jesus, doing, you know, what he says, there's verses all over the place where it talks about, you know, Jesus says the, you know, he who does my commands is the one who loves me. You know, there's this idea that was really captured our hearts of Jesus saying in John uh, 20, 2021, I think, is that, uh, you know, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. There's this sense of, like, actually kind of doing what Jesus has done and following his mission is simply what it means to be a disciple. It's actually, like, walking with him and doing, you know, what he has called us to do. Or, again, we go back to the Great Commission of making disciples, teaching them to observe, you know, all these things. That just kind of, that just is what it is to, like, follow Jesus. And so I think you're, like, dead on when you say it's hard to mature if you're not living on mission because that's kind of what you're called into. So to mature, we have to, like, walk in and do, you know, kind of what Jesus did. And so, um, so I do think that's, that's huge. Part of making a disciple is just pointing them to what Jesus has, you know, told them to do or walking with Jesus and being on mission with Jesus, being sent by Jesus through the power of the Spirit to, um, to be on mission in our city or mm. around the world. Yeah, one of the most formative verses for me in missions is, is Luke 4.18, and this is Jesus reading from a scroll, uh, but it's the first time he ever publicly talked about himself. And, I mean, listen to what he says about himself. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And a lot of times we kind of stop there and think, okay, I, my role is to evangelize the world. But then he goes on, he says, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. So Jesus was all about impacting you know, people's lives in, in tangible, physical ways as people in the world are hurting. Hmm. And it wasn't just, I'm going to go, I'm going to give them a track and here, you need to know about Jesus and then I move on. And I think Part of the unhealthiness in American churches today is because we came out of a world in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s where that's what it did look like to try and reach the world around us mm. was, you know, the guy with the bullhorn on the corner right. or handing out tracks. And those things were, had some effect, effectiveness, no doubt. But we lost that whole idea of, no, I actually have to get in people's lives mm-hmm. and meet tangible needs where they are. That's what Jesus did. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I think that's what he calls us to that's as good. well. Mm. Yeah, so good. All right, we have a few minutes left um, to get really practical. What would you guys say to the person who's all on board? They're like, yes, this sounds good. I want to be a mature Christian. I want to follow Jesus. Like, what is, like, the actual, like, next step for them to take, either locally or globally or 
Yeah, I'll need to call Andrew and say, how do I get involved <laughs> through Providence? <laughs> Man. Or Jared, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think a big thing, you know, we're talking about this idea of either, you know, being all in with Jesus or following Jesus. To some extent, then we need to just get to know Jesus, right? So to be a disciple that's maturing, you really do have to, you know, you, you, you just can't do that apart from his word, through prayer, through actually building an actual relationship with the living Jesus Christ. And so I think part of it is just some of those disciplines that maybe seem like, well, we, you know, you either kind of separate my personal spiritual disciplines of reading and praying and then my mission. Well, the more that we read his word, the more that we find out about God and his heart, the more that that should be driving us towards mission. Mm. And so, um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is just really being a disciple yourself and then, you know, if the idea of, you know, mission is to to make disciples, to impact people locally or globally, um, I, I do think that, I mean, part of it, you kind of joke about it, but part of it is, you know, there's good, healthy churches that are trying to, to kind of help empower. And so being a part of a good local church, you know, someone's listening to this who isn't a part of a church at all, like, that's a big part of it is being, you know, in a church that is trying to help do this and just to kind of say yes, you know, part of the, our problem in not being on mission is just not simply saying yes to things and saying yes to going out into the streets or saying yes to giving to global missions or saying yes to being part of it. And so, um, even just being a part of a good, healthy local church, I think is uh, a big part of mission because hopefully most healthy churches are caring about some of these things. And so, Mm. um, so there'll be a couple things that come to mind. Yeah, and, and obviously people that are listening to this that are part of Providence Church, you know, they want to plug in through whatever Providence is doing and or be part of the leadership that's trying to help figure out what that is. Yeah, right. yep. You know, as I love it when people come to me and say, hey, you know, we, we got to help this group in our city or could we be doing this around the world? And sometimes the answer is no because of we got so much going on. But I love it when people come to me and are sort yeah. of driving and championing because the church is the people. It's not us as yeah. the pastors. We're just yeah. there to help facilitate and lead right. things. But, uh, but the people are, are the drivers. And so I love it when people step up, and I would encourage people to step up and say, hey, what are we doing? Um, but if, if, if they have a heart for, you know, I don't know, orphan children, and Providence isn't doing something with orphan children, then there's a zillion ways right. out there in the world and community that you can get involved. Um, I love it when people are involved where their heart is broken. Um, all of us sort of our heart breaks for different people that are in need. And, and, you know, there's, there's just so many different kinds of ways we can get involved yeah. in that. And I just always encourage people go, at least go a little bit where your passion is. Yeah. So if you, if your passion is for orphan children or for young women who are abused or for lost people in unreached countries, find a way to plug in with your passion. I think it's really important. That's good. And I think lastly, I would say too, um, to not, overcomplicate it too much you know I mean everybody who's listening to this you're in a workplace in a neighborhood and in a friend group um, you know we would believe by God's sovereign design and so um, even just caring for people around you talking to people about uh, deeper things or spiritual things um, matters a lot and so even if you know people are feeling like I don't know what that passion is in me um, you know, maybe just start by talking to your coworkers about really how they're doing and what's going on and just look for ways to 
to be is Jesus' salt and light. I mean, just be just good neighbors and good employees and um, and just look to to have some of those conversations. I think, you know, as we grow, there's bigger things and organizations that we can partner with and things that we want to do. Um, but for everybody, we can start simply by just, um, you know, following Jesus and um, living on mission just exactly where you are. I, I love that, Andrew, and, and I think it's worth saying that w- uh, one of the easiest ways to actually engage your coworkers or your friends or family is by the things you're doing to mm-hmm. help people in the world because everybody loves that. Yeah. And so when you're able to say, hey, I'm involved in this over here and we're helping young women or whatever that is, that's pretty easy to talk about. And that now gives you a conduit right. into people's lives. I do this because Jesus calls me to do it. And, yeah, I, you know, I'm different than, than other people. So I love that. I, I appreciate mm-hmm. that you don't forget about the people I'm working right, with. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. For sure. Well, Craig, thank you for yeah, being with so us. Andrew, thanks for your work to um, just hash out some yeah, ideas. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Um, if you guys have any questions, honestly, email us at info at org, or if you want to change churches and go to Christ Community and be a part of their <laughs> missions program. Come on over. Craig <laughs> at cccomaha.org. <laughs> um, but in reality, let me, um, let me pray for us and... Uh, yeah, would God make us agents of reconciliation and of mission in our city and across the world? Father, would you do that in us? Holy Spirit, um, we rely on you to reveal yourself to us and to compel us and to lead us. Um, and would you make us, uh, I guess, keenly aware of where you're working in the city? Uh, Lord, we know that you go before and behind us. You um, hold everything in your hands. So would you help us uh, to view our whole lives um, under the scope of your mission to reconcile the world to yourself? I'm